Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. What's driving the conversation in California today? Every weekday at this time, we explore a topic that's making news in our state. This is the State of California. Hey, good afternoon. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS political reporter and host of the State of California, along with Patty Rising and Brett Burkhart. With less than three months until the midterm elections, there's a new focus on how pivotal Latino voters will be in deciding which party controls the next Congress. Latinos traditionally vote heavily Democratic, but in the last presidential election, more voted Republican and the GOP has been targeting them for this fall. Yeah, only a third of California's Latino voters turned out for the June primary, and a poll commissioned by the Latino Community Foundation, a statewide group based in San Francisco, found only 63% say they'll vote this November. Meanwhile, a UCLA study found that Latino swing voters made the difference in several close U.S. Senate races in 2020, and they're likely to do so again this year. Against this backdrop, the Latino Community Foundation is launching a Latino voter turnout campaign for this fall. And for more, we're joined live today on the KCBS Ring Central Newsline by Jacqueline Martinez Garcel, the foundation's CEO. Thank you so much for being with us. And we'll, you know, we'll get to the electoral process and turnout in a moment. But before we do, you know, it just so happens that uh, this afternoon, Governor Newsom nominated the first Latina for Chief Justice of the State Supreme Court, uh, Patricia Guerrero. And I'd love to begin uh, by getting your reaction to that news. Hi, Doug. Great to join you this afternoon. And yes, we're thrilled to see the appointment of Patricia Guerrero to this uh, highest uh, appointment in, in the Supreme Court of California. Uh, we're thankful for Governor Newsom's pro-immigrant agenda um, from Senator Padilla to now Patricia Guerrero. We've seen um, a lot of historical firsts and nods to our immigrant communities, and we're very thankful for it. Of course, we'd love to see more Latina justices, Latina justices on the bench. We have one now. We're the largest ethnic group in the state. And so we're looking forward for future appointments to also be more equitably representative of the state. I got to wonder if he'll pick another Latina to join the state Supreme Court now that there's a vacancy and since he's just filled the top spot. Well, we, we, we'd hope so. Um, I don't want to get ahead of news that's, that's already in the works. Um, our, our hope is that the associate justice would also be Latina. Uh, our sense is that there, this may not be the case this time around, but we intend as Latinos across the state have gathered around Governor Newsom and his team to keep the pressure on because it's just that time. Um, since 2014, Latinos have become a priority in the state of California and we're aiming to see more Latino justices on the bench, not just one. So, I don't think it'll happen this time around with the associate justice appointed, but um, we will keep the pressure on to see uh, our court be representative of our demographics of the state of California. I want to shift focus uh, to the upcoming election and the electoral process. Why do you think California's 8 million Latinos have been so reluctant to participate in the electoral process? And what is your foundation going to do in the next three months to try and turn that around? Well, it's not so much reluctancy. Uh, you know, to be fair, so few of the candidates do their part in really doing outreach and, and coming out to Latino communities to listen and engage with Latino voters. Um, as a foundation, we've not only created platforms for this to happen by organizing uh, town halls and youth forums for candidates to come together, including the attorney general, to speak and listen and, and, and show their policy agenda for the next four years. 
um, it's incumbent upon them to really engage and do their outreach. Um, you know, as a Latino community, we have been showing up stronger and stronger. In 2018 and 2020, we saw an uptick in turnout from the midterm and the general election. Um, it takes work to not only engage, but also to build the infrastructure on the ground. So many of our Latino-led civic organizations are underfunded. And so the Latino Community Foundation exists to strengthen this infrastructure. Uh, we can't afford just to wait for every election to, you know, get people energized to get out the vote. We need our Latino families to feel engaged in the democratic process of both creating law, implementing policies, and being engaged by our candidates. And that's what our civic organizations, our grassroots organizations are aiming to do. And if resourced, I think we can get further along in our goals and objectives of increasing the turnout for Latino voters. And uh, just to fill in the gap, Brett, uh, the, the governor has already named uh, Patricia Guerrero's uh, replacement or oh. nominated someone for that seat. It's Kelly Evans, who's a black woman from Oakland. So that one will not go to a Latina. But the chief justice right. nominee is, of course, Latina. Um, uh, so, so in your polling, what, what issues are most critical uh, to Latino voters in this election cycle? What did you guys find that, that they care most about? Great question. Um, you know, over 32% of them said the rising cost and inflation. Then um, this poll was done in April. So this was prior to like the, the increases that we have seen in the last couple of weeks and months. Uh, but in the increase in living, the cost of living uh, has been significantly burdensome for Latino families. So many of them are working in jobs that provide livable wage, but that word doesn't even make sense for California anymore. Folks need to have more than two jobs oftentimes to be able to have a livable wage to put food on the table, keep track of medicine, have kids have the resources they need to have technology available to them. Um, California is becoming, you know, such a difficult place to live for so many of our working Latino families. So that was the number one issue top of mind. And the second one was not different. It's jobs um, and, and the opportunities that are not afforded at this moment for Latinos to enter high-paying, high-demand jobs that will afford them um, not just a livable wage, but an opportunity to build wealth and own their homes. We need our Latino families to have access, more access to those opportunities that are in store right now. And so those were the two top areas of, of concern and priorities for Latino voters in California. One of California's Latina congresswomen made headlines recently when she said the Democratic Party doesn't pay enough attention to Latinos until it needs them at election time. Yeah, I mean, oftentimes it's about four to five weeks prior to an election that we see uh, news circling around uh, folks paying attention to the Latino vote and asking the question, will or will they not vote? Not enough is done, again, to both listen and engage and understand the priorities and then showcase how the Democratic Party has been aiming to address these things. For example, we asked the question around the American Rescue Plan and how much folks understood and knew what this uh, plan was all about. Very few people, um, less than a quarter, really knew how this American Rescue Plan was intended to uh, really alleviate some of the burden that the economic fallout of the pandemic has caused. Um, the American Rescue Plan was intended to bring in local resources for the creation of jobs um, in local communities, but we're not making the connection for our families. And so the Democratic Party has kind of missed an opportunity here of, of showcasing how recent laws and investments in local communities are intended 
to meet the priorities and needs that these families are facing. And so on the one hand, it's happening, but the connection is not being made and not enough is being done um, from our, our leaders, um, you know, at every level of government to both uh, uh, explain and engage families in, in, in how we spend those resources at the local level. All right. Well, thank you so much. There's a lot we could talk about here. I'm afraid we're out of time. Jacqueline Martinez Garcel, CEO of the Latino Community Foundation. Thank you so much for being with us. We'll uh, check back with you as uh, the months go by and see how this uh, uh, campaign unfolds. You can hear the state of California every weekday at 3.30 p.m. It's also available on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. A lot of action on Twitter today. You'll find me there at Sovereign Nation. I'm Doug Sovereign, KCBS. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 